to the Light the Sky podcast, where we go, as you know, album by album, track by track, through some of the greatest discographies that have ever been pressed to vinyl. And today we are finalizing, finishing, we have reached the end, album number five from The Police, 1983's Synchronicity. Uh, widely regarded uh, as one of the greater albums of the 80s, certainly an effort of the band uh, that uh, you know reflects the time that it was recorded in, and uh, a lot of drama in the band, a lot of interesting things, and uh, does it carry out? Does it make the album better? Do we like the path that they're headed? Uh, and is it something that uh, you know we we uh, leaves us wanting more from the band? Obviously, with the solo careers of the artists and notably Stings, they did give us more. But as a trio, they were done after this. And in a lot of ways, I enjoy things like that. I like um, creative conflicts. Some of the best work. Uh, by people who are just uh, at you know, physical blows. Uh, Alex was sharing something in the chat earlier, the group chat for this show, uh, regarding a fight that had happened between uh, Stuart and uh, Sting. So fist fights in the studio and music for the ears. That's very, that's always a great combination. And, uh, you know, it's 83 and we're about to uh, get rolling into this one. I'm starting tonight. Um, I'm going to give my quick review on this. And this is going to be a no notes podcast for me. I listened to this album a lot and somehow just never got around to taking any notes on it, but I really enjoyed this album as a whole. Um, I do appreciate how they stepped both feet into 1983 and were also able to balance not sounding completely like 1983. Maybe I'm biased because I love 1983 and the next four or five years of production really and, and music to come out during that time. Uh, so I appreciate that. That's a solid point. Um, the stinginess of the album uh, might annoy me a little bit of points, but it, it, you know, hey, that's it's what they were doing. Um, and, you know, I'll have to say that, uh, you know, it's it just, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just a, a really strong effort that continues to grow on me. And the unknowableness of it, I guess the, what would you call that? Just the, you know, the album just feels like you could, you, you know a little bit more every time you listen to it, but then you still can't quite figure that out. And to me, that is great art. So with that in mind, I am going to, well, do I want to give it the best score I've given any album? I think I am. I think I'm going to give it an 8.5 solid effort from the group. And I appreciate the layers upon layers of depth. That's my rating. Kevin, what do you think? This is the album that I've been waiting for. <clears throat> Not a perfect album, but finally that police album where I put it on and pretty much front to back, I'm like, yeah, this is the reason why they're big. And I think it's probably the album that cemented their status in a lot of ways. Not Not that they weren't doing great stuff before this, but I mean, with the mega hit and all the songs around the mega hit and some other hits on the album, it definitely like put them in stone. And I have to say that <clears throat> I had almost wished that I became a police fan listening to this album first, because I feel like I would have loved this album and then gone into the back catalog. You know, when you find that one album by a band, you're like, yeah, that this is this is so good. And then you check out the back catalog and nothing quite ever touches that first album you heard, but you find a bunch of great songs and you just come to appreciate the band. Like, I feel like that's what this would have been for me. And I maybe would have liked The Police 
even more in a way. It's like if you became a fan of Van Halen at 1984. For some reason, you know, you just never connected with you. You you heard the big album and you went back and you discovered like the previous Van Halen Van Halen albums and you might not like them as much, but you find all these great songs. So that this is where I'm I'm at with that and and this is just a very strong album and I'm going to be very close to Mark on this one. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Alex, your thoughts on synchronicity? Yeah, that's crazy that we all have very similar scores. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 as well. Um, I still think just maybe for personal reasons and maybe more for it being raw and punky that the first police record is still always going to be my favorite. And, And I knew that this one was way up there in a lot of people's catalogs. And it was, I kind of expected, you know, this to be like the best police record especially as we were talking about it after the last couple records because the last couple it's like ah none of these have been that perfect 10 out of 10 like kevin said and it's like this is the last shot is it gonna be it and i knew a lot of the songs on this record actually my favorite police song might be on this album um i didn't know some of the the deep cuts on side a and after listening to them, they kind of grew on me a little bit more. But yeah, I would have to say, I mean, it's pretty crazy how like stacked the back half of this record is. And yeah, I would have to say cohesive wise. I mean, there's like a one track that's a little weird. Um, but I would say for the most part, it like it flows pretty well. The tones are great. You could see like they've dialed in, I think, the worldly uh, kind of type songs that they're going for where maybe on some of the last records it wasn't quite there. It was a little too, too much. I feel like they, they got there with this one. Um, you can really hear everybody's influence. You could hear the jazzy quirkiness that Andy Summers does on his guitar playing. You can, you know, of course, hear Stewart's, you know, great drumming, all the ska kind of reggae stuff is there, of course. And then you got the total pop stuff. And you could see where also Sting's going to go with his solo career on this record, too. So Mm -hmm. I think everybody performed well. Um, So, yeah, uh, I'll I'll say it's not my favorite. Um, Maybe my second favorite police record now. Um, But, yeah, 8.5 out of 10 on this one. And Chris, close it out. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much at 8.5. Yeah, the... (laughs) It's it's very frustrating because yeah this is the moment yeah, this is like if Peter Gabriel would have done so and then would have stopped which I think a lot of us would have been heartbroken if that would have or he finally <laughs> he finally get the us. yeah he would have yeah. Met, yeah like all these all these great moments yeah and I I feel like this is kind of that record where it's like man I, I can't imagine how frustrated the other two guys must have been <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. with the, yeah, I mean, I know, I know the, the, I know the band dynamic was not good, but as far as the material, I mean, this is what a lot of bands work to get to this point, just to solidify. So they're like there, like okay, we're now, now we're we're like we're at the top, and now we can move forward and kind of and claim our and kind of yeah, move at the, like like a lot of other bands. Yeah. Well, uh, you have to yeah. sell your soul to reach the top, right? Um, but this is a very fascinating yeah, record. I mean, as far as I mean, I like. Uh, I mean, I kind of this is kind of the full realization of their pop sound. I mean, it's. It's unique. Um, it's got that that kind of thick pop muscle that I always look for uh, with good pop music. And this is why I talk. I mean, people people that rag on pop music they kind of forget that. I mean, that a lot of uh, even the worst pop music they sit on the foundation of albums like this. Yeah, where that are yeah where they've got that uniqueness, but they also have the accessibility. And not a lot of bands have done that, especially an album as personal as this. I mean, in relation to Sting. I mean, you. This is another one where I really dug into the the content, and there's a lot of great 
lyric writing from Sting here. I think this is where he kind of gets away from a lot of the weird stuff that he did uh, and kind of really, yeah, because uh, again, I'm, I, I, my favorite kind of lyric writing is introspective and there's a lot of that on here, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, and I think he finally finds that balance where he really gets it here uh, and the mm-hmm. music is very thick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is kind of, again, this is kind of uh, everything they've worked up to from the last four or five years that they've been a band. Sure. Um, I know Sting and- kind of, yeah, I know Sting kind of dominates it, but it's hard to argue with his vision. I mean, whether or not uh, Andy and Stuart were <laughs> totally on board, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to argue with just like, yeah, he, he had a very sophisticated uh, kind of outlook and ability, which I really appreciated here. That really kind of makes me kind of understand now why uh, why he was kind of the guy. <laughs> sure. Uh, not yeah, not yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> we we can't forget, and we don't talk about this really because it's an audio show. But and, and nobody really talks about this because I was looking it up just to confirm. In my opinion, one of the greatest album covers. I love it. Fantastic album cover. I think it's great. It, it stands <laughs> out. Just just some, just seeing that pop at a record store. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah. and, and they have it, good record covers at all. Like it, their whole discography is very good, but this right. one yeah. is, yeah. is, is excellent. From I what like I how all the different colors that it came into. Yep. Oh, it's very, yeah, it's very yeah. It really catches your eye. It's funny though when you read up on why it was shot like that. It was yeah, not uh, as far as the, uh, it was probably one of the examples of the disharmony that was going on that they couldn't. It got so bad they couldn't photograph themselves. Yeah, like like they did on like, like they did like the, bad. Yeah, like like they did. Well, I know I know Ghost in the Machine wasn't was the first record they did where it wasn't the three guys, but this one there was I guess was a reason where they actually shot in massively separate areas because they just didn't want to be around each other. <laughs> so that's why you've got Stewart and then Sting and then yeah, Andy. Yeah, they were, but that was a conscious thing, I guess. Yeah, where they just were not gonna. Yeah, they just couldn't be in the same room, so they just I guess the people involved just said, okay, we'll just do this. We'll film you here, <laughs> we'll do you here, and then we'll okay, and then we'll try to and whoever. Kudos to whoever put it together because they 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 made a a really cool thing out of a really crappy situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we'll bore you with a, a top ten album covers or greatest album covers of all time list for me, but I would have to say this is a strong contender for a top ten up there with mm-hmm. the Andy Warhol, uh, you know, Velvet Underground and Rolling mm-hmm. Stones and Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, with the Hindenburg and everything. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get started. Back to the music, track by track. We got 10 police songs to go. Kevin, take it away. Let's kick it off tonight with Synchronicity 1. There's so much in this that just makes it a great opener. There are so many elements. There is a pace to the song that is restless that makes you think that you are going to be taken on a journey. And, you know, that's just my the best way I have to, to describe it, that it just, 
it, it just has this 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 pace to it that makes you want to jump on board. Like this this album's going to be a ride. You know, the instrumentation is key. You know, it, it it makes it give it it sets it in eighty three, but gives it a timelessness. I think with the organ and and mm-hmm. it, it's got a musical complexity to it that makes it you know sit almost more in a you know a yes or Genesis space than it does oh, yeah. like a post. Mm-hmm. Punk, you know, or a new wave post-punk type of feeling. So that, you know, gives it a really cool flavor to it. And, you know, now I'm starting to hook on, I think it was either, I think it was uh, Chris that mentioned that, um, you know, it kind of makes you wonder what you could have had. Well, you know, what more could they have done with this had they continued to evolve the sound? Like what would a 1985, 1986 police album would have sounded like? Because Sting, you know, went his own direction with that. And, you know, I'll say that I would have rather had police than Sting personally, uh, having listened to both albums. I thought it was interesting yeah, with what you said, Mark. Yeah, just a side thing as far as them going on to do new, uh, more music. Yeah, there, there was almost that moment where they did that benefit concert that I think uh, you two had put together. And Stewart broke his collarbone, I think, after flying off a horse. And I remember yeah, the video I was watching where Andy said, you know, he almost felt like, okay, we're kind of mending the relationship again. And then that happened and things mm-hmm. fell apart again. And it is kind of sad because, yeah, again, this is a perfect example. Uh, and you got to give kudos to Stewart. Yeah, as far as yeah, as much as Sting dominates, yeah, I mean you can't you got to give Stewart the drum, yeah, the drumming there. Like you said, it just drives it. It's just kind of like an engine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, every once in a while. I know, yeah, where you could see where I could see just Stewart kind of just putting his fist down, like, okay, I know you want me to do things this way, but we need this, we need something that drives here, just to kind of, and it's a mm-hmm. good way to open it too. It kind of gets the, it's like a like the, it yeah, gets the blood like, going. Yeah, and then it yeah. kind of. Uh, and luckily, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's enough here where the, where the engine keeps going for you know, about 40 plus minutes. Um, yeah. the only thing, the thing that kind of cracked me up though, the, uh, cause again, uh, uh, sting getting into the, the deeper, uh, uh, again, the, cause the other yeah, name of the album is synchronicity. Uh, and this is probably one of the most literal, uh, probably not that I had any issues with it. Cause again, it just shows that he has, as far as getting the, the words to work with the music, whether it whether it works or not, whether it is, whether it's kind of yeah, we're maybe a little too literal. I like that he ha- that he keeps it together a little bit, yeah, because you see like in the uh, 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 yeah, like in the I guess you would call those the verses, yeah, the connecting principle linked to the invisible, almost imperceptible, something inexpressible. I mean, that's oh, really that is, where you, that's art. Yeah, you're just kind of like really yeah, what, what, whether you're and it, it was funny. It almost sounds yeah like where he was able to pull right from the, because uh, I think he pulled this from a Carl Jung uh, teachings or writings on synch- the, the idea of synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, what, did, what did he, yeah, I, I tried to condense it into as, or in layman's terms, yeah, two opposing yeah, discon- like random events happening in repeat meaningful, order. Yeah, yeah, that have nothing to do, but for somebody, in some manner, they kind of, they create something meaningful, even though they're not necessarily connected to each other. Uh and it's funny, I, I don't know if anybody else, again, there are certain writers who can, especially music, who can pull that together. You really got to be, yeah, that right balance of progressive, yeah, uh, and pop without going too far in either direction. Yeah. Uh, and, and it fits yeah. my analogy that I've been building of the police as a mechanical watch movement, where you look mm-hmm. at the parts and you look mm-hmm. at the balance wheel and it's in just some kind of, you know, it doesn't feel like it's in time with another part of the movement or, you know, whatever, it you know, it's something, but it's somehow all this randomness is coming together to keep perfect time. It is weird. Yeah. And that's the one thing. And it's, and it's almost inspiring in a way, uh, is because we're all musicians where you can kind of, 
Uh, where it almost makes you want to sit down. I mean, we, we, we talk about songs that make us want to pick up the guitar. This is one of those songs where it's like, I want to, I want to write some stuff. I don't know. There's just something <laughs> there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Sure. I, th- I think this is from the start. This is w- when it clicked with me. I'm like, ah, oh, this is why people talk about this band so highly. And this is why sometimes people mention them alongside Genesis and Peter Gabriel, because you you have that blend here of progressive rock almost and Mm. pop. And you, you, you hear it attempted a lot and you don't hear it, you know, right. Yes. (laughs) And here it does. And you're like, Oh man, like how did they get to this point when you think it was only so many years ago, like not that many, or that they were doing that Simple you know, power raw, chords on the first right. record. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And now we're here and I'm like, well, what That's an amazing journey. I'm like, I can't believe it almost. And it's like yeah. kudos to them. Huge respect for that. Yeah, for delivering the payoff. Right. Oh, too yeah. bad. But too bad this was it though. Yeah, because man, just who knows where they could have if they could have gotten just along better, but Mm-hmm. uh and that's the one and we'll talk about it at the end but yeah the one disappointing thing just they really yeah i mean think of how many bands worked to the, just to get to this point just so they can establish themselves so they can move forward i mean typically i mean there is usually a drop off but uh it's just kind of weird yeah uh, for yeah four or five years and it's like nope that's it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i have to i have to agree i mean it's been really cool discovering more on this band and realizing that yeah, every album that, that they've put out so far has had a like a a solid opener. Like there, I don't mm-hmm. think there's one record. I mean, some are hit singles, some maybe not, but there's still great tracks that get the blood going. And, and I mean, we've covered other bands in the past where it's like it's almost like we want to pull the Phil Collins approach where like put the heat up top and don't necessarily bury it because we've definitely got to that point where the best songs are buried in a nine or 10 spot. And it's like, it, it seems like the police have been pretty good at, you know, structuring their track listing. And, and yeah, I mean, this, yeah, this one's great. I love the, the sequencer going on and the, and the different kind of piano. Yeah. Like you said, I'm a mechanical watchman. Like you, you could totally hear that there's, there's like the cyclical kind of thing yeah, going on with this clicking, band that yeah. they do a lot. And it's like machiney. It's really cool. And maybe not my favorite, synchronicity but definitely a very <laughs> a very strong one and a great a great way to open up the record so yeah all right well let's move on from that high note to track number two this is walking in your footsteps think we all kind of were we like world music i mean to a point we like the little kind of detail i mean yeah as far as though when it takes over the whole song it can be a little 
It can be a little much, and this is probably the most like in your face. I mean, you almost feel like you're in the rainforest when he's seeing this. <laughs> yeah, there's just oh, where, yeah. where it almost becomes kind of a parody of itself, which is a shame. Um, yeah, this is the one song in here where I feel like okay, it starts out kind of cool, and I feel like it kind of the foundation kind of gets a little bit where it kind of crumbles a little bit. Um, I wish, yeah, I just wish he would have wouldn't have been so. I don't know if he was just trying to be. I don't know. It feels like where you're almost consciously being pretentious. Yeah, where you're not just kind of, yeah, it's like I see, okay, okay, I see he's trying to connect the past uh, with, like, could they see what, as far as what could have happened after the era of the dinosaur? I mean, that was the one thing that really, I wish he would have chosen something else, maybe talking, maybe historical figures. I was going to say, Chris, because I'm listening to the song and I'm kind of bopping along to it, and I'm like, like, all right. and it's then like, I hear these lyrics about dinosaurs and brontosaurus, and then he calls yeah. out. I'm like, wait, I had to go back. I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, <laughs> it, I, I, it gets I, a little land before time on us, right? And I'm like, okay, I, like what's okay? What's the point? I'm like, I'm looking for. And then I see later on in the song, he's trying to connect as far as how, yeah, how much we kind of screwed up, yeah. Once, yeah, kind of mankind kind of came into. But I, I don't know. I just had a hard time making the connection with okay, the dinosaurs. Could they have? Kno- could the dinosaurs have known? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I hey, said, I don't know. Like, Brontosaurus, don't you have a lesson for us? Right. It's oh, like, oh boy. Yeah. It's it, it, it's almost <laughs> a little too, like you said, maybe like like uh, like Alex said, like a little land before t- like okay, like uh, it's almost cartoony. Like uh, yeah. maybe maybe if I was maybe ten years old, maybe like okay, maybe this would have had more. <laughs> something more tells impact. me, Chris. Something tells me, Chris is about to double up on the extinction of the dinosaurs. <laughs> 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 It's just where, like I said, it's just it's a very cheesy, very where you see he's just really overreaching. Yeah, I mean, no, I yeah. I know what you mean, and yeah, I I have to do like this is a song that I actually knew, and and I'm actually surprised that it's not a single because for a while I I thought it was, mm-hmm. and maybe this is one that they would play live, but I, I've known about this song for a while, and I went into it thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, and then I like listened to it like the past couple of days, and it's like, yeah, I could see where the song gets it's kind of an, an annoying. And in it's track two, which it's like it almost worries you a little bit. It's like, huh. I mean, there's enough catchiness in there where it's like I remember the song and stuff, but I, I can almost see where the band probably started getting, you know, frustrated. a little annoyed, frustrated because it's like, okay, you could tell that Sting is really trying to go solo here, and it, he absolutely jumps on this later on with his stuff, like. Yeah, here you know, it's like it gets really worldly, but it's like yeah. it almost doesn't sound like a police song at times. No, yeah. it's, it's and it's a little like I said, it's a little. I know I was kind of rambling, but it, yeah, it's just a weird kind of. It feels like he was trying too hard. I think that's what I was trying. Where he was really trying to, because uh, I know I earlier in my opening statement, I I, I I I was praising his lyric writing here, and here I feel like he's just yeah trying to yeah. Where you hear like almost spinal tap as far as the deepness of the. Yeah, connecting the dinosaurs with the modern era. Yeah, like yeah, it's like uh. <laughs> yeah, that that is cringe, honestly. Yeah. Like, listen, yeah. hey, Mr. Brontosaur, or whatever. Yeah, like I, know, I, like, I had to go yeah, back. I, I, it's I was like a driving, children's I, book. Yeah, I was driving home. I'm like, wait a minute, did he just just say? Did he just say that? So I'm like, and luckily on Apple Music, you can pull up the lyrics. I'm like, yeah, that son of a. That, that's that's, that's <laughs> not right. a word. He that's not it. a word that you necessarily want to see in your song. Yeah, like, like find me a better can... song that goes Mr. Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> does he? Does he? I'm, does I'll he? wait. This is, like, this, this is literally, he's writing music for the, the Discovery Channel. <laughs> yeah, or like a kindergarten. Uh, but the, the shame is it that 
the background texture is really cool, in my opinion. Oh, and it I, is. I, I really like that. I, I, that, I actually you know, really like the guitars. Yeah, I know Mark, you walked yeah. away. I said it's a little rainforesty. It kind of reminded me of like, yeah, felt like I, I, I could feel like I could almost feel the humidity as I was listening to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it fits I, right in with yeah. the time. I mean, it. it right. It, yeah, maybe and that's I, it. Maybe maybe I just wish they didn't find the balance here. They they had kind of something, uh, kind of a cool little. I mean, it's not my favorite kind of melodic. As much as I like different kinds of world music, like like I mentioned before, but here, it, I don't know. There's just it just had sort of like a, a little bit of a cheese factor for me. It, I couldn't. And I yeah. think it's more of Alex's. You know, this is in the two spot. Wait, yeah. wait a second. Like, back off, Mr. Brontosaurus. Like, get your butt out of the two spot. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, it feels and like that, a seven spot. So it's 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 probably the weakest part of the album for me. Is just the way that these tracks are ordered. Mm-hmm. It's just very jarring the way you experience mm-hmm. this album. Even if the individual tracks. I mean, pair this song with "Every Breath You Take" uh, conceptually, and I think it works. You know, I don't know that they have, they have to be back to back, but they have to mm-hmm. mirror each other in somewhere, right. maybe in some way. So. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I will give them props for this much is that they stayed away from on this album. And I was expecting it on this song in particular, taking a groove and beating it into the ground like they have. But there was enough changes here. And maybe it was only three and a half minutes too, where I wasn't like, man, could you just stop? Like I was on some previous albums, especially with the horns. Yeah, not even when when his voice got up in the upper register when he was doing walking in your footsteps that didn't get annoying to you uh it started to at the end i would have oh was it was it right after the clip i played like i stopped it he was down they they get away okay just enough here yeah if he goes falsetto i could see how that could get a little (laughs) he was getting close yeah okay well let's 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 move on to oh my god (laughs) (laughs) because it is no literally no yeah is the song that we get to the point uh where um alex mentioned back in the van halen discography where you have these musicians that you know they're all super talented um even michael and they have um you know the ability to also write a great pop song and when you pull off something like jump you know to somebody who's not been into rock and roll or metal or whatever and they hear that and it's like wow like they can write a song like that and then they have the ability to you know eddie has the ability to play or they can play like a uh you know a, a, a 
you know, like a, a, a top Jimmy or something that just grooves or just something you know, that, that just has adds so much depth to it. Like the bands that can balance the mega hit with the musical uh, virtuosity look few and far between. And this is the one song on the album to me that on its, on its surface, it's kind of just there. It's not super interesting, but when you start listening to the drumming, you know, the guitar, the strumming, uh, the way he lays out, the way he, he just, vamps those lines like it's good stuff and if you came into this album on every breath you take and then you discover oh my god i think that's the that's that's where it hits for me to to say you know to, to experience that and to say wow this band can groove and you know that and stewart's drumming is just is just phenomenal on this song yeah i, I would probably have to agree on that i love that little uh drum fill that he did there in that, that clip that that was displayed and one thing i noticed uh, this is actually one song that i didn't know uh going into this past week uh, actually i would say the next three songs were the three songs um kind of from the original track listing that i didn't know um and and i like this one if, if anything i could see it having a bit of a ghost in the machine vibe where it's one of those songs that has like this one kind of groove but, but it switches it up enough where it's not enough. like yep. You know, I know some people didn't like Demolition Man, and I get it. It's it was just kind of that same baseline for six minutes. At least this one, it changes it up a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this, but the, a little bit of the Beatles Day Tripper in there on that baseline, boom, oh. boom, do 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 do. And I appreciate the fretless bass because I don't think I had heard much fretless bass on Police. Uh, songs prior to this so okay i like how you can sing a beatles bass line and me not being a fan or really having much knowledge on the beatles can be like oh yeah that song like that's how yep, deeply that's the exactly beatles are the engraved in our consciousness <laughs> no right yeah so no i i, I agree i i like the delayed they are the echoed guitar everybody's kind of doing something cool on this one so yeah this is uh maybe perhaps a stocks on the rise track for me on side one yeah yeah, I kind of agree with that, too. Uh, it's funny. It's like a like Mark said, it's kind of a their deep track, but it has a lot going for it. It's a very tightly, it's very professionally done. Uh, and you know what I like? It's funny in the beginning, uh, you hear that brief kind of horn the section that goes there. And I'm like, oh, boy, I'm like, and they they pull it back. Yeah, they don't force <laughs> yeah. it down your throat like they did before, uh, which I really liked. Uh, I really appreciated that. And it's it's nice, too. It's a lot. It's not just there, just kind of like like hanging in the background, just kind of bleh, there. Uh, so I got to give it to that. Um, I mean, and, I wish uh, it weren't there. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, but it's, yeah, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't slap you in the face like it did on the last, uh, what, just, would you say the horns are more inspired than ghosts in the machine or no? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're just, they're just buried in the mix. You know, there right. are some, there are some horns later in here that yeah. it's where they should have been doing. They should have been right. doing more of that, that yeah. artsy, you know, early eighties. Right. Just open plane. Yeah. yeah. There was, yeah, there was also a, uh, it seems like they kind of rehashed uh, that uh, that little kind of jazzy synth line from A Secret Journey from the last record, but they just put more around it. Yeah, Kevin, can you play the intro to this? Yeah. You pro 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 oh, there's that horn. Yeah. 
yeah. Keep but yeah, I, that, the fretless bass and Andy's guitar just make this. Because I don't know how, and I've mentioned this band in the past, and actually before I saw Sting rocking this on stage, I'm like, you know, you could hear a lot of English beat in this band, uh, the song Mirror in the Bathroom, and sooner or later you guys might know what, what Mirror in the Bathroom was in Ferris Bueller. But there's a video of Sting wearing an English beat shirt on stage, and it's like, okay, these guys were obviously peers and friends and were inspiring each other. And you could listen to this song, with some of those horns and some of the drumming, it's like I could hear this being an English beat song, but with the fretless bass in there and the the drum, the, I guess the drumming is, is a unique enough and the delayed echoey guitars. It's just like okay, they're they're taking that idea, but this is like a total police version of it. And maybe they failed on that on some of the last stuff before it was like just maybe a little bit, uh, you know, too sounding like other bands. But this one, it's like like okay, they they took those ideas and really made it their own on, on this. So. This this reminds me of the inside out of the album. If anybody's familiar with the second to last track of Phil Collins' No Jacket Required album, maybe my favorite Phil song. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just, it's that song that nobody really knows, never a hit, never releases a single. But if you really appreciate the album, you're like, oh, I, I know that song. It's got some stuff going for it. And you if know, you want if you it, want to appreciate some good bass playing. And they, oh, they, and, and they, you, they don't you, have the same vibe at all, but yeah. If, if you want to appreciate some good bass playing, I advise anyone to go uh, watch the live version of Inside Out. Uh, the uh, Leland Squar dedicated uh, bass cam and uh, listen for his high fill towards the end of this song. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> is passionate about that. <laughs> but you'll, anyway, you'll Mark, see it. You'll hear it. You'll know. Mark Mark also managed to skip to the the slower part of the song, but that's okay. We're gonna have to move on here to Mother. Maybe we should have changed the uh, track uh, order around to have Oh My God follow Mother, um, based on the reaction people might have had to this song. <laughs> <laughs> but um, here it is. Can, can I jump in just for a second here? <laughs> if, if if without spoiling a uh, any trivia question, I believe this is Andy's sole contribution to the album. Correct, I believe. Yes, it was. Uh, imagine, imagine you know working on this album. 
you're so proud of it. You're all finished up. You bring it home. You know, we. You bring it home. You, here, here you go, mom, dad. This is what I was working on for the last two years. Oh, really, son? Uh, which song? Which song did you write? And then it gets down. Yeah, this is mine. This My is the one thing I did. Mother. <laughs> a, um, nice this job, song. son. What this, about Sting? This definitely this has song. like some early Pink Floyd vibes to it. I know. Roger it's Waters, got, yeah. It's got Lou Reed. It's got Queen. Um, and it, it, the, the song is something that, um, you know, it, it, it almost feels like when we got to that very dysfunctional era of Van Halen, uh, the end of Van Halen, really, like the, the Sam A and uh, versus Eddie era. And it was like people were putting songs on albums as simply like as an F you to the other guy. <laughs> And that's exactly oh, what this song sounds like to me. Like Andy's like, you know what? I'm sick of this worldly crap. Like I'm so sick and tired of you breaking out the congas and the bongas and the bachi blippy sins. I'm just gonna throw an irritating, jagged, screamy song about like you know my mother or you know just the, the, this very British sensibility yeah. uh, to it and. You know, I'm not gonna give anything away on this song. Uh, what is it? As what is it, I might do with it later. Um, but like this ad, this song, I don't think you could argue that this song adds a jagged edge to the album that only helps increase the diversity of it. He's setting himself up for a buy, people. Yeah, I already, I already know. I already know it's coming, and I expected that. I, I have to oh, ask. Come on, though, you expected it. I, I have to ask. I mean, I know we're only well for the for the listeners that we realize that there are, are on the CD and cassette versions. There's an eleventh track called "Murder by Numbers," but I think we are not covering that. We're we're covering the original first press LP vinyl uh, track listing. And yeah, I have to ask: they had "Murder by Numbers" and they put this in there instead. I mean, I, I get it. Yes, it adds to the diversity of the record. True, I, I I will give it that. But man, it's really far up there in the track listing. Only track four. And it's like, like I know this I was. This is the cleanup spot. This again. is the cleanup spot. <laughs> and I knew, I, and and I knew. I think I I said earlier on I appreciated the way they structured the albums. But now that I think about it, it's like it is really weird, where you think about side one and then side two, and it's like, yeah, this this is kind of, it's kind of back heavy, honestly. Just I mean, this with feels more like of the, the singles. Yeah, yeah, it feels, feels like, like the yeah. B side. It does. I was I was laughing so hard just reading the, like the, I don't know if you guys read up on the back, background of the song just how much like the, everybody in the studio hated this. That's <laughs> I think what it was, I'm saying. I think, it was an fu song. Like, yeah, really I think is. I think Sting. I don't even think he had like even nothing like at all. Even I think he even refused to just like yeah to do anything, sing, play any, have anything to do with it. Yeah, even the producer I think has hated it. And I think even I think even Stewart might have been like, what the. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this is a song that you know. If you think about the great collaborations, that you have those moments where, like, you need something to expose itself in the record to really set you. You know, if you had just had a record full of every breath you take, just you know, not that that's a made by numbers pop song, but like yeah. musically it is. Um, you know, this just adds that to the depth of the album with that. Oh my God adds the musicianship to it. That mother adds the like, okay, these are a bunch of weird Brits. Like, and and if it, if it's not punk sounding, it's got a punk attitude to it. Sure. Sure. 
So that, I, that's helpful. And I don't know, maybe I just see like, this is a great song for TikTok to go out and ruin because it really just feels like it's just made for a 15 <laughs> second right. video. And just like, what was that? Just a okay. sensory experience that, uh, all right. maybe I'm hyping this up a little bit more, but it's like a wart on a, on, a, on an album that would otherwise be, you know, pretty sonically consistent. Is this the, like the one-eyed possum? This is the one-eyed it, possum. It's the one-eyed possum that appears to you like you don't want it to appear, and it makes you uncomfortable. But sometimes that uncomfortability is is I, what adds to the experience. I, I will say, I guess, uh, maybe you sold it to me, and maybe in a different way, not that I would go back to it, but it, within the context of the album, as far as... Uh, I guess you could say it's a part of the synchronicity. I guess you could say it's two of some, you got two very different things coming together to make something meaningful. I guess maybe oh, we're that's... getting too deep here. No, no, it's yeah. working though, because you have bookended synchronicity on the open, on the yeah. uh, A side of this. Yeah. And you've got one, two, three, four songs in the middle that are really all different. Yeah. Well, well, so maybe, well, so maybe that was the, maybe, uh, maybe that was something that it was maybe unintended for sting too, with the name of the record. Maybe, maybe this fits into the overall, uh, I'm not going to put it again because, again, I was kind of laughing at this. I'm like, yeah, this is just too. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. we let the love it or flush it do the yeah. talking. Okay. <laughs> we'll let the toilet handle it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can't wait. Anyway, I, let's see who can sell us on Miss Gridanko. right there you know, i love the elevates. guitar solo the yeah. guitar solo is great yeah but uh yeah it's nice to see uh story coming in with another weird little like uh solo contribution because i know <laughs> yeah compared to I, I will say this is definitely this if you want to say the the most traditional of the two other guy songs <laughs> in, in the band uh it's very short i think it's what just under two minutes yeah. uh uh, yeah, it's definitely the most like of their earlier era, kind of like the Zinjana Mondada. It's got that kind of yeah, it's bring maybe bringing the reggae back a little bit, uh, the little kind of drier production. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's weird. I like it again. It kind of serves its purpose. It does it. It's not. Uh, it uh, it doesn't make you hate it. It keeps you. The melodies are strong enough. Uh, but again, I, I guess Sting again. This is I guess he was just as irritated with this song as he was with Mother, where I guess he reluctantly kind of caved to pressure and sung it because he didn't want to have any another song he didn't want to have anything to do with it he, uh, he, thought it was he granted he his it. band members two spots on the 10 track record yeah. and he just irritated with both of them yeah <laughs> I, I don't know like i'm thinking that i want to hear not that i love this song i just think it's like wow have you ever heard miss gridenko by police like you're yeah, really right. missing yeah. out on something <laughs> it's okay no, it's, not, <laughs> but, it's, not but it's still it's, not, it's yeah. still like that yeah you know it, it adds to it and i almost wish that there were a little bit more the other two and a little less sting you know sting is basically just so full of himself he's just ready to explode 
at this point. But he's, you know, still, he's I, doing I good though. I mean, wish it were balanced at, because yeah. these last two, maybe they just took out their frustrations on it. And I don't know. I'm spot you're going to give me. Well, I'm going to make sure you hate every word of you, your, your vocals. Now, I did not realize. I think until right now. I mean, I knew Mother was an Andy Summers song, but. I did not know that this was a Stuart, like Stuart wrote this. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting to think about out of the last three songs were the three songs from this record that I didn't know. And like two of them were non-Sting songs. So, so it's like, I mean, the Sting ones are the more successful and the more popular. So, I mean, they are doing something right there. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting one. It, it's very kind of atonal and kind of almost awkward to listen to, but, but then it's got some catchy parts to it. And yeah, like I mentioned, the jazziness and Andy's... Like, there's been a few t- times in the past, I think again, last records, where like I, I know how much of a jazz guy he is, and some, sometimes you don't necessarily hear it that much, especially in a solo. It's like I, I feel like I can, can count like maybe three solos where it's like very jazzy and kind of weird. And I'm sure he really jumped on that in his like later post-police career but but this one is actually kind of cool where it's like man he's a good guitar player like, he makes that work and you almost hear some of that, that alex lyson in there too so uh yeah i didn't know that this was a sword song interesting i just think it would have been a better f you to write such a popular song that it becomes a huge hit yeah, and it takes, sting, it takes some sting, of that spotlight sting has to go out there every night and sing your stupid song when he wants his song to you know to be a hit and i'm just not sold on, on Stu's lyrics uh the f- following bombs away up with this <laughs> yeah. um it's it's really not the music is better but mm-hmm. i'm just he's, he's not selling me lyrically and and maybe i see uh, not to take sting's side but Man, you're gonna you're gonna make me sing this stuff, you know? I I, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. the other members of the band did hate "Every Breath You Take." I think they had something like you know "Sting's Stupid Song" or something that they would refer to <laughs> it as, um, or at least I think that was at least Andy Summers hated it. And I you know I agree that success is generally the best revenge or just living well like on your royalties, <laughs> I suppose. Which you ain't getting for Miss Gretenko, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, did, they, did they really know that every breath you take would be a, such a massive hit? I don't think they knew that it would be the most Listen to them back to back. Yeah, it yeah. is. That's one yeah. thing I noticed with this record is, like I said, I knew a lot of these songs. But when you come across every breath you take, when you listen to this album in full and then that song comes on, it's like this song stands out big time. It's yeah. like you like, could tell yeah. this thing. It's, it's almost like even sonically it sounds different. It's like it's a huge song and like, like I get why, but it's like, man, this is really good. Let's throw out the synchronicities and take the uh, tracks two through five on this album. Don't those all have their own individual, unique sonic qualities to it? Yes. Would you yeah, say that sure. each uh, synchronicity one and two sound, you know, similar, at least they, as they should. Um, and, and the five in the middle, uh, they have their own sound to it. And so every breath you take is simply number six in terms of the sounds that they've gone for on this album. And that's the one that's stuck. And it's so ingrained within our consciousness right, right, that, you know, we don't, we just kind of just blend these ones that we don't really know together. And then like, yeah, that was the, that was the sound. Well, that's the one that we all know. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously it was the one that was going to take, um, so, you know, no argument there. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get the point. I'm just. I just saying. don't think you can deny that if you listen to them side by side, you're like, 
if you were to place bets, if you're in Las Vegas to were to open up a book on which one's going to become the greater hit. No. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. that I can see Summers and Copeland's side that you know oh, yeah. we should have been more involved with this hey, like hey we're oh, pretty yeah. good too we're we're part of this too and you could see a band like Rush Absolutely. that has always been very balanced and there was yeah. just, it got way out of balance here and, uh, and I and I can see how you'd get sick of staying in the world yep. you know nonsense going on too much when it's your own band as a yeah, listener yeah. you don't you don't know you know as much unless you do a deep dive but when it's your own band and you probably feel it being taken over like yeah, I can see why you'd be like, you yeah. know what? That's fine. Have a little bit of mother. On, on yeah. And at this point, I mean, it got pretty brutal where, I mean, we're literally, I think Sting would show up with like 90% of the song done. Like, okay, here's like a rough, okay, just put their drums on it. Like, okay, yeah. I can imagine how the other guys felt. Yeah, what just, a slap in the face. You know, like, and, the songs don't get just do whatever. And then, and then having Sting tell you, well, no, don't play them like that. So not only are you limited to just playing on your instruments on the song but you're also told what to play so, yeah so that's yep. even yeah. so yeah so oh, go sure. out and hire some guest musicians right and, and that's and that, you can see player. that at, and you can see that at this point because yeah the music was so much uh, sting where he probably could have done it with everybody and that's probably why he why he went on well we can talk more about that later yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. I have to admit, sure, we'll if you take we'll if you take there. the non-sting songs off the album you kind of have the same experience more or less you have a, a less you know, you have less depth of the experience, but you wouldn't say that it's a completely yeah. different album. Yeah, I would agree. Um, anyway, before we get to all of that, <laughs> let's flip the record over. Uh, Revisit. No, 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 no. Wait, don't we flip the record on side over? One. Yeah. Oh, this is still on side one. Okay, thank you. I should have looked at what Alex put in the chat. Um, but let, yeah, then let's bookend the first side with Synchronicity 2. do it it's like yeah. they, they they can get so like weird and almost dystopian in, in like the verses with some of the, the stuff that they do but then they just find ways to just turn it around and make it super catchy i think they're some, some of the masters of doing that of having these dark minor verses but then finding little pockets where they can open up the clouds and let the brightness in and i think like this is a, a perfect example of them doing it uh, and, and I know I sent you guys a video like earlier this week with no context, just a video of this song from that Sting Live in Paris Blu-ray. And I mean, I'll admit that version that they played live really sold this song for me. I know they played it a little slower and a little heavier, uh, maybe on that on that version. But yeah, this is my favorite of the two synchronicities, as mm -hmm. I probably alluded to earlier. Great way to, to end it out. And uh, just notice a little trivia, uh, as some of us may appreciate. Uh, apparently, Queensryche uh, covered this. 
on their Take Cover album, so I'll need to listen to that. Apparently, they were fans. You know, it's it's funny. I yeah, I wish because again, this is a song pretty much about a family man going through the drudges of life. And man, I wish yeah, my my life was as exciting and had this kind of <laughs> for for a very basic just the guy going getting just kind of going to work, uh, dealing with his family. Man, man, I wish. Yeah, maybe that's what we all need to get through the day. You just need that. Yeah, Kevin, can you play the beginning? I just need to hear that. Yeah, it's like I, yeah. I wish my day started out like that. I wanted to hear the old song. Yeah, here. I know what it's, a great hook that you cannot sing. Like, I know you just can't weird. easily sing that hook right there. I love it. I, I want that right. to be my alarm in the morning. I want to wake up to that. Yeah, play, just to get the blood it, going. It like, gets okay, the like, blood yeah. going <laughs> for sure because it's dark. Okay, okay, and it's just it's just sting on that. It's just sting on that one note. And God, it's just one of those things where again, and you just want to watch Stuart just drum this and groove and just ride the bell it's just like oh man this is this is this is just like a watching Stuart or josh freeze play this and just just soak it's, it up it's also weird yeah that guitar line is very early uh, genesis too oh, i love the guitar that, yeah, I, yeah. the bass uh, the way it sits on the root is very very right. genesis and then that, that opening was that a, was that a bass really synth is. or was that just a synth like that real kind of almost, uh, uh what like was that to me was you know one okay. one thing uh, commenting on the bass that I noticed from watching that live version that I sent you guys is uh, Sting actually plays I think a foot pedal to get that really low sub bass as he's playing his you know P bass or whatever he plays but it's like huh I've never really seen him do that so we kind of you know what Rush would do too with like the Moog synths mm-hmm. uh, with Getty playing with the foot pedals they do it too to really get that. I, I can just imagine playing that thing and just you could feel it underneath your feet on yeah. stage, just filling everything up. And it's like, it's got to be a great experience. So my studio's missing. I need one of those just to move the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't say this a lot about police songs necessarily, and that's not because it's bad playing at all. But this is the the one song where I wrote wrote down, like, what a riff. Like yeah. I want to learn, da, the, da, you know. He uses da, da, a lot of da, chords yeah. and others yeah. and other songs, but in here, I'm just like, man, I love those riffs, and that that's a right. first for me. Writing that down, signature guitar part. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, no, it's yeah. not a riff though. It's the bass line and just the the way it's that a mechanism. The, it's a mechanism the, the working together. Yeah, it's the mechanism. Like I could not learn this and just be satisfied with it. Just play. You can It's not a riff. You can just sit there. And and plug in your guitar and crank up the distortion and just rock out like you have to have context for this and that's just that just defines the police and it just comes together so well. This song reminds me of Pink Floyd's Sheep in the way that it paints a picture of a mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. so that you can see it in your head without being so over the top with it. As Chris described right. it, like getting up in the morning, and going through that 
that day, like how, how sheepy, like you could like feel the end of the war coming. And I think when we went through that, I went through like, and here's the part where the Germans are saying, you know, it's, it's we commando, we are surrounded. Like you can yeah. feel that <laughs> in this song, like that, that level of um, alliteration, I suppose you might call it. Right. You know, it really has that, that, that musical painting, I suppose that, right. that you just, so, so many things work so well in this song. It's just a shame that it, they never continued with it. Right. No, I, I understand. It, it, it was also weird. I'm not sure if you guys caught it, but I loved how they threw in, like, I think that was the Loch Ness Monster into the story where the guy's going yeah. through again, and all of a sudden you hear about this creature coming out of the... Uh, take I this love, over the dinosaurs, tie that much. Right, but at least here, at least here, it, it kind of yeah, okay. It has more of like okay, like I'm not a monster movie, but it yeah, but where it's less kind of land before times and more kind of Godzilla. Uh, but yeah, Kevin, can you play at two forty three? I love like what Mark said as far as setting the tone, where you can kind of see what's going on in your head. I love how they kind of set the tone for that this creature. I love how they, the, and I love how that that guitar part just gradually comes back in. I don't know. It's just, yeah. This is you another. Hear it in the background. Da, 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 yeah, it's very da, da, subtle, da, da, da. but it, but it, but it gets pu- pushed a little bit. Uh, uh, but again, yeah, it just feels you can almost again you can almost feel like the nervous tension. You know, this whatever the. Yeah, this is a great story. Like you, like you said, Mark. Yeah, yeah. It just this is a great. Yeah, every all the pieces work. The story works. Yeah, the music is fat um yeah without yeah it's not really rock but it has the muscle that's why that's that's one thing i always talk about what makes what separates good pop music from uh, just yeah. mediocre or run of the mill it's 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 musical muscle in and that what in this Alex yeah said you know it's the type of song that when that plays live yeah. you just oh, you, can, yeah. you can just rave with it live too yeah. like it just works on so <laughs> many levels like i just yeah, i don't want to keep gushing about this sure. song but to have a so song they, that's a uh, you know that combines all that together that that's a short list of songs that can do this so well it is it is interesting too like you mentioned like the last couple songs where Stuart took his his hand at a solo song and Andy took a solo at his solo song and it's like <laughs> yeah you could you could see and yeah maybe they were a few songs I, I really never looked much into the background of why <laughs> those pr- songs made it but it's like when <laughs> they work together and they can put stuff out like this it's like there was a magic there mm. and then when somebody was angry. I, 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 <laughs> angry or somebody other than sting is just putting out a solo song you could see like how different it got and it's mm. almost like maybe you know you wonder how much more there would have been i guess if and, and not to say like any of you know andy's solo songs are bad or Stewart songs are bad but, but you know i think the sting solo songs are probably the best and then the ones that they all wrote are the best and then it's like you know, what if they had more of those all written ones where stuff like this could have came out? It's interesting to think about. This album they pl- is a journey, isn't it? Yeah. Like it really is. Like you're just going track play- by you have to go track by track through this. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're flipping the side over for a little special presentation for you. Uh, this is going to be one of our um, uh, full track reviews. We're going to go through the entire track and positive points to comment on. Uh, the things we do and don't like about this. So if you have not heard every breath you take enough in your life, 
We are going to play every second for you. We're going to break down all the bits. I think this is the most popular song that was ever played on the radio, or maybe it was dethroned recently. But uh, yeah, if you're not tired of it, just stick around just one more time. We will make this a treat for you. This is The Police with Every Breath You Take. have to apologize for stopping it there but we just passed up what in my opinion is one of the greatest moments for me musically and it's so simple and it's so subtle but is that it's that synth that kevin mentioned which is stupidly portrayed by violins for some reason in the music video but it's an 80s synth i love the 80s and the way it sustains Mm -hmm. that note when he goes back into the pre-verse or whatever just that sure i love that so much can you play that again it just falls it's just so nostalgic Mm -hmm. it's 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 something that i i wasn't alive when this came out but it just makes you yearn for the the 1983 right there just yeah. something about that synth yeah. and the way it just glides so smoothly it's such a it's it's such a weird thing to open <laughs> the comments on this song <laughs> but i love it like i've been waiting right. the entire discography to get to that little synth part it is so good and it just adds just such texture to that line like it, it's so sad i don't know what what about it is just is just so just pulling you know, and it's, it's almost like a, yeah. a, a, every little thing she does is magic where it's it's it almost has a little like I could hear this being Brad Packish as well. Like not maybe not as much as that one. But yeah, and like this is another one where I mean for us guitar players out there, like this isn't the easiest song to, to play. And you could actually see in the music video uh, you know, how Andy's playing this and how he's kind of moving his fingers around. It's like the progression and the chords are simple, but the way he's playing it, like I've tried learning this song and it's tricky to play it absolutely correctly. I mean, I would even say message in a bottle is easier than this, the way he does this. And that's what's cool about his like jazz uniqueness too. It was like, oh, I could have easily played what, like a A, F sharp, D, E, like, you know, you hear so many like pop rock songs that have that, that progression in there. But the way he plays it is, it's like he just makes it his own and he like, it's a little F you, like, oh, yeah, the song yeah. is not that easy. You're going to have to try to figure this out. So, Well, it's supposedly inspired by uh, Bella Bartok and the music of the Hungarian mm-hmm. composer from the uh, late or early 19th, or early 20th century. Um, 
I studied Bella Bartok in college. <laughs> like I, I didn't, when I was, I wasn't like, oh, wow, that's the police. And when I heard this song, I was like, oh, wow, that's Bella Bartok. So I don't know how much actually there. It's just a cool little plucky guitar part that really, um, you know, makes it an 80s staple. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And who, and who else? Uh, and, yeah. And who else besides Sting could uh, rock the uh, bass cello? I always, I always like that. <laughs> yeah. Where else could you see where you just looks like a cool mf'er? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of away. weird inconsistencies in the music video. I've noticed where they're not quite playing what's actually on the record, like the violins and the synth. His yeah. fingers aren't lining up, but that's yeah. okay. It's the '80s, and you did that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Early MTV era. This is definitely. Yeah. And I know they worked with uh, Mark Knopfler on. Uh, uh, the next record, so or the next uh, um, Dire Straits record. So mm. hear a lot of that. I love that stuff. But let's keep going with every breath you take. Just again, like like, warm blankets everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's the type of song. Like as much as you might think this is stupid uh, from Summers or or Copeland's perspective, or as much as you might think it doesn't fit the lyrics and it's too weird or jarring, it's just the music is what you live to write for. Like you spend your entire life trying to write something this perfect that can just you know hit that that pop sensibility as Chris would say, and still be fat and still mm. be unique. And just the way it transitions, just the way he says that, 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 that final please. And then as we hit these, these off are these uh, two and four piano hits right here. Yeah. All those. Just the subtle things that make this song. It's How just, is it something so simple can be so great? Well, it's yeah. just it a is. stupid that's, piano hit, yeah. but it's yeah. amazing. I've done that a million times, and it never. It's just, <laughs> this is just the perfect example of, of like simpler yeah. is better a lot of the times. But you have and to work your way up to that point, which I have. It's and funny. Also, I'm, I'm reading this little blip here. I hope this is not a trivia question, but apparently uh, Stuart Copeland said, in my humble opinion, this is Sting's best song with the worst arrangement. I think Sting could have had any other group do the song and it would have been better than our version, except for Andy's brilliant guitar part. Basically, there's an utter lack of groove. It's a totally wasted opportunity for our band, even though we made gazillions off it and it's the biggest <laughs> hit we ever had. Yeah, yeah I read that I too. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Stuart. Like, What would you have brought to this song that would have added to it? More drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I it's got a great group. I think that he plays back and doesn't add a lot of fills is what, what makes it. Well, yeah. and that's, what, and that's why he was angry, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, 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 because it's 1983, that you can take this piece and say, well, this really set the trend for just that that plucky ballad. That, that t- mm-hmm. t- 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 yeah. I love how the bass is almost... Yeah, I, oh, I, I also, the bass, yeah. yeah, the bass, it's almost like a heartbeat. It's really weird. It's just uh-huh. got that, like, it's it's very, yeah. it's it's muted a little bit, but I, but it has a, mu- again, it has a muscle to it. It fills, yeah, it fills you up. Yeah. Have you guys is. heard, have you guys heard the Puff Daddy remix? Or the, I the have. Remix? <laughs> I yeah. heard about it. Which one you choose? I'll be missing <laughs> you or this. 
Uh, yeah, it's hard to be. I don't know, but Sting here. made money off both. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice when you have multi-platinum artists covering your. So that's where the big money is. Yeah, <laughs> other. Yeah. Well, other we're gonna continue with the yeah. police version. We'll yeah. save the Puff Daddy version for later. <laughs> it's like they throw another warm blanket on top of you, mm-hmm. and it just they just keep high. They they keep compiling it yeah yeah it's like it's like it's like you were sitting there and you were sleeping in a van in a drafty van for whatever reason and you found one blanket and they just it just keeps warming you up and then you you have a a, a hot cup of soup and it, it just yeah it's unreal like this, this is what you know the what? phrase the, the, warm blanket was invented for it, it is and this is one of those songs where you're either you're sitting in the back of a car looking out the window and the fact that there's so much like space in the song and there's not enough to distract you where you can just almost kind of get lost in your thoughts and it's just like an inspirational song where you can start thinking about you know past think, memories and stuff it's like yeah. there's so much space yeah, not- in that song to do that not for I not think bad. this is oh go ahead kevin go ahead chris no oh, kevin go ahead i i think this is the time where we, we have to pick a little bone with sting and his indignation about why people think this is a happy song it's, well come on you threw every warm blanket in the book on top of us yeah. and people are gonna think with their heart when they hear a song not and that if they're stalking they hear, somebody <laughs> yeah if they hear happy and it's got all these warm feelings just like the music is portraying it you know are people gonna dig that deep into the lyrics not necessarily well so yeah, I, and it, I think top, it's almost understandable sting yeah and the topic of the song uh from what i read and it's kind of that unknowable stinginess to it um but that it is about you know government surveillance in 1984 um he wrote it on I, ian I, fleming's desk where he where ian fleming wrote golden eye and it, it, was it has supposed that, to be about his wife? And it like, was, and it was, it was, he, he says both. Like you said, it was also oh, about, okay, a, about yeah. a, well, an affair that he had or, or whatever yeah. with somebody. And so, you know, it's kind of, he's got both thoughts going through his head and this is what he, he put out. And, you know, when you think about this, when I think of the great surveillance, the movies about the surveillance state, I think enemy of the state, I think the conversation, I think, um, uh, uh, what's that German movie, East German, um, I can't remember. I can't think of it now. Um, the the lives of others, uh, and like this song doesn't fit in any of those. Like <laughs> like, like you just wrote it. You wrote a great love sounding song, um, yes. and I think it works better that people can map their own, mm-hmm. like, as Alex said, their own memories across it. They can make Over it about, it. Um, you know, it's not stalker song, but they can make it about uh, like a, like a jealousy. I suppose uh, is a better word. Um, they can make it about like looking down upon a child or, you know, like dying and looking down upon your, your, uh, uh, your family watching over them. Um, you could make it about something creepy. You could make it about, uh, uh I don't know that. Can you make it about something? Can you make it about the surveillance state? Like, <laughs> I'm just sorry. It, it, it's, just, it's a tough sell. It's, it's hard. a harder sell than everything else. Yeah. Like, come on, Sting. You got to realize you're selling something really hard when it's so easy to sell the love side of this or the, you know, the children or you know the things you said mark yeah i mean this song is just i mean this 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 music video is in black and white and it is just one unsaturated red away from being just the most romantic looking music video like they they (laughs) sold it on the music video too 
I mean, they're sitting there yeah. playing violins. There's no violins in the love, song. They've got and this that big window. That look, <laughs> that that Patrick when Sting's looking like, like Patrick Swayze, and he just turns to the camera and yes, looks, I, and half yeah. of his face is just covered with the shadow. You knew what it's you like, were come doing. on, buddy. Yeah, yeah, we want the surveillance state. Give me that quiet riot video or whatever it is. No more rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the police. I can, I, again, I, 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 literally, I can literally, I can literally, I literally like feel like the neurotransmitters in my head. Like I'm getting warm just listening <laughs> right. to this song. You're I like, like I rising can, up. It's like right, like I feel it like coming up the back of my neck, and it's warm, hey, and it's you're getting the chills. Hey, Mark, yeah. can you go back to uh, Stuart on the drums? I don't know, Bobby, but it look, he looks angry in that shot. Like, yeah, I noticed that. Like, <laughs> he's looking so like over him. like. A, I don't know. I yeah. just yeah, right I never pa- I never paid attention before, but I could see there seemed to be like some legit. Uh, he glares over. he breaks into the ride just like so casually just you know what i'm just gonna break into the ride you don't even notice it and you know what i think makes this song as big as it is and i have no proof of that nobody does so it's just my my conjecture but this song is very singable oh sure isn't isn't it such a karaoke like if this came on the radio which is the way to listen to music when this song came out like if you're in a car, a bunch of your your buddies or or whatever, it just, <laughs> yeah. not that you're gonna sing like those guys, but I mean, maybe maybe the chicks would, you know, they would. All, I mean, it's just got that. All right, come on, guys. Oh, like it just sits right yeah. there in that comfortable range. It does. The background vocals are fantastic. Yeah, they are. Like the song wouldn't like the song is so many pieces that work together and they need all of them. Like it needs this outro. It sure. needs this. That was every breath you take. Yeah. Nostalgia bottled up into three minutes and 49 seconds. 
Any closing thoughts on that one? Uh, only that Alex should probably remake the music video from the pictures he's dropped yeah, in the, uh, yeah. the chat. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's easy to see uh, why that was such a big hit. And props for to them, actually. I, I like when people can... There's something about crafting that pop hit that is so... Like, you want to dissect it. Like what makes it appeal to so many people, and, and there are For reasons. So long too. Yes, I know. There, there. This is one of those songs that we get into this discography to talk about appeals to generations. It's it's touched millions, and yep. you know, it's there's something magical about it. I mean, even to the point where none of us were alive. Like some of us were far from being born by the time this song was written and recorded. Um, and, you know, I talk about this with Scott Goldberg, who was a guest on one of our Pink Floyd shows. Um, you know, he, he just like, why am I so nostalgic for something that didn't exist like it, during my lifetime? I, I don't know. Like there's something transcendent about that that just puts you in a spot. I, I don't have any memories with this song. I, you know, my parents didn't listen to the song really. I mean, I, I don't, was it in a stranger things episode? Maybe. I don't know. Like that's not really nostalgic for me, but mm. so it is. It's very, yeah. well, it's out of all the songs they did. I mean, it doesn't sound like 1983. I mean, again, it has that very, well, the I mean, synth does. And I love that, but yeah, but then the main guitar part, that doesn't, that sounds, yeah, that, but the rest of the song, it doesn't really, yeah, it's weird. It's got a, uh, it's looking towards the future, I guess. Yeah. Or timelessness. Timeless. Yeah. yeah. Yep. The, the the topic i mean it just may be just that that thinking back to a simple time of 1983 not that there weren't different problems back then but you know well that's what i was saying about it. like I, I was listening to this record in full and like when this song comes on like, like even just the production wise and yeah i think you hit it on the head with the, the timelessness is there, there's just something about it where this song definitely stands out from like the rest of the songs uh, like obviously you know success wise but even just sonically and like this one has that staying power, and yeah, you're right. It's been ingrained in our, you know, psyche for so long. But it's just almost so, so obvious too. It's like, why does this one just jump, you know, above the pack? Like, did they do something slightly different with the production or the mixing or something to, you know, how some like a lot of bands will do that where they'll hire some guy to just mix the single to give it that single yeah. edit or something like that. It almost sounds like that where there's just something a little sweeter and a little louder about it. it, it like outside of just the songwriting, there's something that just pushes it. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, well we got more hits. Here yeah, we, go. we still have a couple more songs to go. This is King of Pain. I have stood here before inside the pouring rain with the Circles running round my brain I guess I'm always hoping that you'll end this way But it's my destiny to be the king of pain There's a little black spot on the sun
man. <laughs> like, I, I, for a while, I feel like I didn't really know about this song. And again, it was from seeing Sting play this like live with his with his solo band. But, but the way this like opens up and then it gets to that like like really pretty major chorus. And I love that you played that beginning where there's no drums on it yet. And then right at one wait, that snare just comes out of nowhere and just <laughs> yeah, cracks. It just cracks and it's a little off time. And it's like, oh, my God, those verses are so good. And it's like I can see the music video, and I'm just picturing, like, downtown with skyscrapers, almost like a like a Power Windows type video, like a, like the, the big money or something. Like, I just picture them doing that, and it's just like, ah, what, what is this song? Yeah, like, are you talking about, like, um, success, a Secret of My Success? Or it it, ha- it has that. Been- it has that vibe. Like, you could hear it. But then it has some of that, that worldliness in like the world music in the chorus. But those verses again, the masters of just the minor, dark verses, and then just that open up the heavens for those oh, choruses. Jamaican feel it balances out really well. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, another one going back to uh, just what I loved about uh, synchronicity too, as far as just the just the way when Sting really knows how to write lyrics, yeah, that are meaningful. Uh, and again, this is a sad kind of. Song again, going back to just his uh, this song. I think going back to the breakup with whoever he was with at the time. Um, you know, d- describing yeah, my my soul is a black spot on the sun. I just thought that was such a great image, uh, and I think it was something. If I remember correctly, I uh, and this, no, this is not one of my trivia questions. Um, I think he was sitting with his uh, then girlfriend, um, and he said it out loud, not thinking. And then she's like, well, that's a really cool kind of imagery. And so he went and he wrote it down right away. And then he built a song around that. Uh, and I love, yeah, where he, where he starts with that. Then he builds off of it with other kind of weird little quirky. Uh, not that they're everyday things, but talk, like a, a black cat caught in a high treetop. Yeah, it's kind of a silly little thing. But yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, uh, it's an inconvenience. It's kind of a, I guess you could say that's my, it's just like, that's my soul up there. Yeah. And it just, uh yeah, all these weird little. I mean, some of them are like the salmon caught in the uh, the frozen water. I guess you could uh, a little earthy, but I guess um, it, it's it's okay. I guess it works here. Uh, uh, I see I you'll be you, a big fan of what if we ever do yes in their discography. Oh, <laughs> do they get? Do they do they really do they really eat up that? Oh, yeah, they dig into <laughs> that for sure. Okay, uh, well here at least it's a little. It feels like it's a little bit more grounded, and maybe that's just because it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I think that this was the opportunity, especially in the eighth spot, maybe not on this song in particular, but where they kind of missed the opportunity to do this. um, And that would have pushed the album probably to a 9.5 for me, where this other album would probably sit. But on Genesis and Invisible Touch, when they have like that, the domino um, mm. where they really bring in the, you know, the instrumental bridge, or they really mm. just have an opportunity to show off the band and what they can really do. I feel like this song is where I would put that. I would have a bridge that would just, you oh, know, kind oh, of be oh, a, a show off section. Oh, oh then it's missing that kind of. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. criticizing the song cause it's a, it's a great song. It's you just, just that, you just wish it would have taken you more. You're like it's like, you even feel like or it should have been song yeah. had the opportunity to do that, to open up and to just really kind of dig into something and maybe sting weren't that type of band although they kind of were with synchronicity one so this might have been a great opportunity to bring back some of that synchronicity one show off the whole band make Stuart happy make andy happy like let the let the let the grooves fly let the drum fills fly and uh you know again not criticizing this song but this or the eight spot would have been a good opportunity to bring some of that stuff that we saw in synchronicity one that we really didn't see 
the rest of the album. Well, now that you mentioned that, that I feel like I almost hear a little bit of Synchronicity 1 in this. Or are you saying you wish there was like, like more of it? More, yeah. That this okay. would have been the opportunity to, to, like the Genesis and the Domino, you know, where okay, they had that, sure. you know, middle section that's just, yeah, that's like great progressive pop Genesis mm-hmm. and that they shows that they can yeah. do both sides of it rather than just writing a follow-up or and writing a follow-up to Every Breath You Take. But I mean, I guess it was the follow-up single, so. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, Let's move on. Second to last track on the album. This is Wrapped Around Your Finger. I wish I could say it that it, it you know Jeremy Clarkson would say it brilliant just say yes. this is brilliant like it just kind of has that that maybe it's just my bias it's just my love for the 80s but it's just got that early 80s like optimistic feeling you know to me even though it's connected with the song at all but you know, it's it, this is not the Miami Vice song on the record. Like, strangely enough, it's like there has to be a Miami Vice track on this record. Like this must be the one. No, it's actually T in the in the in the Sahara. This is you know to me the Miami Vice track of the album. Just that 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 echoey like early Oberheim. Just that experimentation like where it still feels experimental. Like they're doing the synth because they want to do something new, not because everybody else is doing the synth. I know by 83, like there's enough synth to, you know, have that reason to do it. But, you know, oh man, there's just such, you know, good just connection. Like this is like the mechanical watch movement, but synthesized. And I wish we would have had more of that. I wish we would have. God, this song, like I I don't even, my first opening note was what and I borrowed it straight from Alex. What a tune! <laughs> that's that's what it makes you feel. You put it on, that verse just gets into your soul. Yep. Something yeah. about it with that just, and I, I guess you get know. Yeah, Mark, you have it right with that movement where you have just the synth, the bass, the drums, the guitar, the voice. They're all it moving feels, at different times. Yes. So somehow it feels minimalist. But you, when you think about it, you have all those instruments at once. So they're all like working at these different times, working perfectly. They go into this kind of almost haunting chorus and then mm-hmm. come right back. You get the synth come in, throw a little warm blanket on you, make you think of like nights and, and like the ocean and walking by it or something. Oh, like, yeah. it's, it's come on. It's Miami Beach Boardwalk right there. I, I, I'm, I'm chiming in here and there's not much to say. It's funny that we did not discuss this song in prep i don't think 
I know, like, like I said earlier in the week, like I sent you a video of Synchronicity 2, and I didn't say anything about it. And I, I just was wondering if you guys might think that was the track. But, yeah, I'm glad we're... It's crazy that we don't discuss this stuff, but we're usually on the same page. <laughs> this is this my... I think this is my favorite police song of all time. And it's, it's funny because it's like I'm... Outlandish is my favorite police record, and it's so different than this but mm. I, there's just something about this one where, where there's not really and there, there's no there's no punk influence on this at all but, but that's fine like just the way you guys are describing it yes the beach the nighttime walk on the beach in miami the delayed guitars is kind of coming out of the side there the drumming just everything about it it's it's perfection let, let me. me paint another this, picture ahead of chris here ahead, I, yeah, I, I just I, one popped into my head is that this is the moment in a concert, in a live show, you know, and we're all from Chicago, so you have summer shows and the sun sets late, you know, and a show starts at, you know, by the time the headliner gets on, you know, the sun's starting to set. And when this song plays, this is the song where you notice that the light has all gone down. Mm-hmm. You know that part? Oh, I, I don't yeah. know how to describe mm-hmm. it. Like the part of a show where you just, you've paid so much, you've been so captivated by the band that you haven't not noticed the entire environment changing around you. And this is, you know, people have got their phones or their lighters out maybe. And you're just realizing that like the whole contrast of your environment has changed. And this song is that song to me that, you know, that I've experienced with other bands that I've seen live that you just have that moment where it's just like, all right, wow. Like I, I, I'm transfixed by, you know, this performance and this song is that part of the show for me. Yeah. It almost had it has those warm blankets and some of the simplicity almost that like every breath you take had like I get those warm feelings on the back of my neck and stuff but there's just a little bit more I think um, technicality wise going on where it's not super I mean that there's a reason why every breath you take works so well it's because it's so simple and everybody I feel like can bond with it where this has some of that too but it's almost a little bit more police like a lot a little bit more of their uniqueness is thrown in there where i think it's like the ultimate track yeah mm-hmm. it, it feels like you, you've you've kind of heard this done in walking on the moon sure a little bit another reason why i love, love that one yeah, yeah yeah but not like not this. To this the maturity extent. of that yeah, sure yeah exactly you know it's, now chris it's, is gonna just dump on this song no <laughs> this is to drop the bomb no this yeah, this song was probably one of my earliest, like, Sting, like, just his career memory. I mean, this is, yeah, probably even more than you guys. I didn't know what to write with this because this is such a song that, yeah, <laughs> such an important song in my, yeah, I literally, I didn't know what to write. I just have all these kind of useless kind of just looking at the musical kind of little, but nothing yeah, that really, where I could really articulate. Are you entering a bromance with Sting? No. <laughs> just, you got a crush. I'm just leaving these speechless. And it's yeah, weird I, too because like people, yeah. I feel like people wouldn't necessarily. Yes, it's a single. It was the second single, but it's not one of like the the, the top police songs that I feel like a lot I of people would talk why. about. Yeah. And it's funny that we not, we haven't even talked about this song leading up to to the show, and we're all gushing over it, and we have the same thoughts. And it's like like there's a magic to this this song. You know, you know, it's, you know it's, what it's this a deep is? cut enough it, to uh, most people. You know, like as a young kid, like when you get like a bowl of ice cream or you get, you just, you, you get, you try to get like the whole thing in your mouth in one, like, it's just so good. I mean, you're like, literally like, okay, you can't breathe. Like you need to stop. Like, no, I can't. I just gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep that. That's, that's the song. Yeah. There's just like, hyperventilating in the corner. Right. Yeah. You're just, yeah, it's, yeah. And it's, it's got this weird mystical feel to it too, that I can't really put my finger on. I, I, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. The- so what's what's fascinating, and I'll stop you on mystical f- f- um, uh, feeling because each of us four, again, as Alex said, mm-hmm. dis- despite not talking about this song beforehand, all feel the same way roughly about it, but have all mapped different visions over it of why mm-hmm. we experience the like for this song. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. it's fascinating how f- all four of us have different yeah. feelings. Like I don't have anything mystical about this, but I see it now, you know, yeah. like I, I, it, it's crazy. Like that's what I say that this multi-layered songwriting here. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. And again, that that's probably one of my favorite choruses of all time. I don't know what it is. It's sure. just like they going back to what we we're talking about as far as simplicity. It's, it's the epitome of like, Again, like it's the catchiness equivalent or hook equivalent again of, of eating a big bowl of ice cream. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you. <laughs> it all, it's all, it's yeah. almost like you feel like yeah, where you're like borderline diabetic. Like you, you, if you do, you're, yeah, you're pushing yourself into dangerous. <laughs> my my nachos for a fifth day in a row. Type right, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex, actually, this yeah. was the fourth single uh, behind "King of Pain" and "Synchronicity" too, at least in the U.S. Hmm. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah, you're, you're right, it was. Okay, so oh, yeah, so it's a little oh. pushback. And I think a big thing, like you mentioned how catchy that chorus is, and it's what, it's it's kind of like, like two chords playing behind like the main melody of it. And I think what really makes it stand out is obviously the groove, but, but again, you know, Stuart's drumming where like the perfectly timed, cracky snare hit that just reverberates is just perfect. The way... I mean, he could be so fast and technical and do all this crazy hi-hat stuff, but then he can also make these super poppy choruses unique enough where he just knows where to place the perfect snare hit where it doesn't get in the way of the vocal, and it fills that space, and it's like, ah, yes. It's like, not what I would think of to do, but it's like, but I needed to hear that. Like, that's that's what does it. Mm-hmm. Although it's, you it, are correct in that it is the second single in the U.K., so for whatever reason, maybe that's what I was thinking. They were yeah, released differently. Yeah. Well, right. it's time to close out the album and close out the police. Actually, uh, this is the T joy in the Sahara. this song i mean yeah this is pretty much just the sting opening the door into his solo career i mean this is definitely yeah pretty much what he did for the next 10 15 years uh probably the most unpoliced song that they've done so far i mean this is pretty much you could say this is sting asserting like okay where i'm done i'm off i'm off on my on this other journey i'm doing uh yeah this is and this is kind of that moment uh yeah it's cool it's it got it's got a nice like vibe yeah, it, it, it's. I think it's. I think it's the right way to end the record. I think it's. It's very somber. It's very. 
Uh, yeah, it's got that kind of like okay, we're kind of winding down feel to it. Uh, yeah, I know the song. I know the as far as the, the topical, as far as the song. I think he pulled it from a uh, from a book. I th- had to do with uh, uh, a couple. I don't know if it was the Middle East or not. Uh, you know, uh, anybody in the uh, in our audience who can comment later if I'm getting it wrong. But I thought it had to do with uh, a few princesses. Uh, having tea with a, a prince in, in the Sahara Desert. And, uh, yeah, what was the gist that uh, uh, that they sent him out to get, I don't know if it was to get something or whatever, and he never returns. And it's, yeah, like this weird kind of, uh, where it's almost got a very somber, sad kind of feel, uh, ultimate feel to it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, without delving deep into the, yeah, it's got, uh, as far as leading down after the epic, what, four, four or five punch that we just had, maybe it's a good way to bring the uh, bring it back down to, down to earth, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and I knew that. Um, also, I this was another song for some reason that I just I knew about it. I, I recognized mm-hmm. that title, but I hadn't heard it in a while. So when I was looking at it, it's like I, I couldn't really remember how it went. And I, I kind of wanted to go into it knowing, like I wanted to go into it liking it. And I ended up, I, I did. It, it's tough because it comes after probably my favorite police song. And I had been listening to the 11 track, the 11 track version of this album. So the fact that it, in my mind didn't close out the record, I, I had to kind of listen to it a little bit more to kind of get it. And you're right. It, it almost like kind of calms everything out after wrapped around your finger and just kind of bookends it nicely. And to be, be honest, if I listened to the full vinyl record, which I should have done prior to the album and had the album list, or sorry, end with this song, I wonder like what kind of perspective I would have on it. But yeah, I think it's a solid song. They've played it live for a while. And even the next song, which is not on the original version of the record, I like how it closes the record out. I mean, yeah, I, could, I, know. I, I was kind of disappointed. I, 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 I could talk about it after, um, you know, the last people go, but it's it, if it closes out the record like this, I think it's it's strong. Well, here's my thought: uh, the classic. Let me rearrange a hit album and help it go double diamond, not just diamond. <laughs> but uh, uh, Synchronicity Two. Let's make that track. Let's insert this in between wrapped around your finger and Tea in the Sahara. Forget the whole you know vinyl thing. We listen to things linear now. So let's make Synchronicity Two the penultimate song and have something that really brings that that energy more than i mean i love wrapped around your finger but like wrapped around your finger would be an amazing third from vinyl song like that deep you know mm-hmm. you know deep cut you know swear to this song this is in the eight spot that's crazy mm-hmm. and then synchronicity like two yeah and then synchronicity two just just drives it just drives the point home that book ending like pink floyd would always do but then t in the sahara is the afterthought it's the the you know the the shakespearean life goes on you know the the the, the door is open for more type of of or you know or for less i suppose in the scenario as he's walking out the door but i would i feel like that would really make this album you know, like it might make that two through five spot stand out as a little bit more weird but in terms of closing out the album wrapped around your finger synchronicity two Tea in the Sahara would really just be just that would be like pushing it to a nine or a nine point five for me. Interesting. Huh. Hmm. Anything right. you want to wraps up the police. All, right. All done. But, did, but did, does anybody have? Well, we got one more, I guess. Does anybody have any thoughts on murder? I, I like I the way it is. It's weird. weird. It doesn't necessarily yeah. fit. But I just kind of pictured it as like 
almost like it's an dark. apolitical blues on OU812. It's like only on the CD version, and it's almost like, like you were to go see that his band play in like a small little smoky jazz club, and they just play his little jazz number, and like that's it. And they just kind of clap it off, and it's like, oh, you just saw this hit band do this little number, and it's like, that's it. Now we're done. Close the book. I like I liked how dark it's it was, and then it kind of segues in into, yeah. Again, where I don't know yeah. if Sting was getting political or not, yeah, as far as yeah, men in positions of power getting away with anything. Because, again, it starts out like real ser- serial killer where you're reading, like, okay, this almost looking through the eyes of the guy that Sting's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as, like, this is how you do it. This is how you commit murder or whatever. This is how you, yeah. But then he yeah. frames not, it on the politicians. I didn't look into the song at all. I just too. Yeah. It's not like it was a bad track. I think it was interesting to listen to. Yeah, I know. That's mm-hmm. how I looked at but it. I didn't, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like. Okay, like, and maybe you could make a case for a rearrangement that would fit it in the album nicely. Mm. And I, I remember listening to it. I actually, Alex, I was really digging into it before we had lunch on Friday, mm-hmm. and I like totally got it stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, that's interesting, but eh, it it does feel a little sure. bit of an oddball. It really <laughs> takes away from Tea in the Sahara. Yes, exactly. It's like, like, well, that's, not, it's not even a coda. That, it's, that's yeah. what I meant. So I, like I said, I've been listening to the eleven track version, and I, I was convinced that that like, "Murder by Numbers" was the song that ended the album. So it almost brought T and the, the Sahara down a little bit for me. And I still like that song, but I think if the record did end with T and the, T and the Sahara, like it does on the vinyl, it's like ah, it makes that song even better. Mm-hmm. Like both are great, but that is the important right. part. So we have ended the police. Chris, take us on our final uh, seven for the buy. You do get an extra two or an extra uh, buy or you know, terminate on this you one. Know, it's, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking now, just not that, we, that we're kind of going long, but uh, just with the, uh, the good discussion tonight, a lot of enthusiastic uh, talk here. Uh, I think I'm going to be generous. I'm going to award everybody tonight. We're going to kind of skip over the, and I'm going to award everybody an extra buy. For tonight, oh, I guess yeah. that I was is open. So, yeah, I know. I was thinking, I'm like, I should just because this is such a great record. Chris I, is yeah. opening the wallet tonight. Yeah, Chris is being generous. <laughs> or should I do two, two? Or should I force somebody or everybody to terminate? So, two songs? so does that mean? So does that mean if whoever wins gets could get a third buy? No, uh, I think we're skipping the section because we've given out a lot of trivia. Uh, yeah, that, sure. That I see what true. you're saying. I see what yeah, you're so saying. We've we'll done just, we'll just so have fun good at our job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. We're Should we go we right go. to the... the, if, the yeah, if that's right. the case. Let's do it. And now, love it or flush it. All right. Tonight's order inverse from the opening statements. We got Chris, myself, Kev, and Mark. Open it up. Synchronicity 1. Chris, what are you giving it? Uh, yeah, Mark, did you say I had three buys tonight or, or, uh, based on a, yeah, <laughs> so uh, you yeah. Want that third. <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 it's all right. No, I, uh, we'll do, uh. Yeah, I just wanted to clear some clarification, okay. but no, I uh, yeah for this one I'm gonna do a uh, uh, strong uh, love. Yeah, there's yeah it's it's a great way to open the record and gets the blood going. I um, agree. Strong love for me as well, Kev. Yep, huge love here. And and Mark, I am just thrown by this extra because I usually don't win these. So I have two <laughs> it's just kind of like a whoa, and I wasn't expecting. I don't not sure what to do with it. Um, I think I'm, I, I agree with Alex that two is a bit better, but this is a killer opener. So yeah. love for sure. Chris, walking in your footsteps. What do you think? Uh, this is going to be uh, my, uh, asteroid, uh, wiping out the, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Wiping out the Brontosauruses. Interesting. And everything else. This one just just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. It, again, this is almost like a Demolition Man where it's not a single, but it's been in the live set and I've just, just known about the song for a while. And But, but then on this last listen, I'm like, eh, maybe there's something kind of annoying by this. But I, I think I got to give it a little light squeeze. I got to keep it around just for <laughs> nostalgia reasons and it's catchy enough, even though it can get a little long in the tooth. So, Kev, what do you think? Yeah, this is one that the discussion really put on the edge of the bowl. Um, but I, I don't hate it that much to flush it. So it's going to be kind of like a light squeeze situation. Yep. yep. Mark? Uh, to the toilet with this one. Yeah. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it as an instrumental. The placement is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is kind of shocking. Um, all right, track three. Oh my god, uh, maybe, maybe the first real deep cut on the record, uh, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'll give this. Uh, I guess a light squeeze. Um, I like the groove of it, and I like that they kind of reined in the horns a little bit and used them very uh, yeah, conservatively. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to give this one uh, a like as well. I would say, if anything, it's it's a bit of a stocks on the rise as I didn't know the song. Um, you know, it definitely doesn't stand out amongst like the big heavy hitters on here, but it's a nice deep cut. Uh, and I think, if anything, maybe it was sort of Ghost in the machine but but they, they did it right. Uh, you know, if this song was on that record, there's enough changes in it where it's not too monotonous. So I, I like that. Kev. Yeah, this is one of those songs that brings a solid record up to like that eight out of 10 yep. sure. status. You, need you know, that. yeah. So it's like that. It's that. I keep going to the baseball analogy. It's like your seven spot hitter, but he just keeps getting on base yeah, somehow so, so yeah, you, yeah y- you got a solid lineup so keep it around for me mark uh i appreciate that they let the musicianship fly a little bit with this one it was needed again it's part of an 8.5 you gotta have it so a love for me all right here we go mother chris what are you giving it um i think yeah based on mark's uh kind of oh, input i always I, like doing that yeah. Pull again, I don't like. Again, I don't. I, again, I don't. Necess- I mean, I don't. Yeah. Just as a normal kind of meat and potatoes listener, I mean, I, I don't go back to it. But I can see Mark's point as far as its importance and kind of balancing out the record and kind of defining the title. You know, so I mean, this is the yeah, yeah. As far as synchronicity, yet yeah, all these weird things coming together to create something meaningful. And I guess it does. Yeah. It gets to the kind of gets to the heart of what the band was going through. It kind of yeah. It's got this. It's yeah weirdly personal and it kind of yeah again it's it's visceral yeah it's got that kind of where you can feel like just by listening to what was going on or you can just hear or see sting glaring at andy across the yeah the Mm -hmm. room i mean it's just yeah maybe you got to appreciate it for that again it's uh maybe it was neat maybe it was a healthy but maybe if uh, if Andy wouldn't have done it's that, cathartic. who knows? It, yeah, cathartic. maybe maybe if he maybe if he wouldn't have done it, maybe he would have slugged Sting. I don't know. Instead of, but this was his way of very diplomatically taking a swing, uh, a swing, or a, uh, or a non-physical swing. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that. I I do appreciate the uh, diversity in this song, and you know, I love Andy, but I, we do need to 
get rid of a song and f- uh, terminate and flush a song, and I just yeah. I can't really pick this over some of the other songs on here. I, I hate to you know pick on the oddball weirdo guy uh, on the record, but, but I got to get rid of this one. So tee it up. Sorry, Andy. Yeah. T. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't make it I didn't a sting enter, record, huh? Yeah, I didn't enter exactly what I what I wanted to put so in, but yeah, like squeeze. a light squeeze. Like I said, it's not, but it's it is kind of needed, yeah. Ah, uh, so it's up to me, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was debating on what I'm going to do with this, and I think Mark saved it from the T, but it's still <laughs> getting the F. <laughs> A mercy ass. <laughs> All right, let's bring it on over to Stewie's. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Mark, 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 sorry, Mark, Mark, Mark. Um, He's gonna use open up the wallet. Open I, up the wallet. I swear to God, I was not thinking of that. And now he's got the two buys. It. And now I have two buys. <laughs> I love how he's holding the mic and smiling with his eyes closed. And and, and because, like, I think of create, I think of creating this playlist as as writing a film. Like, this is my screenplay about the the police. And how can you not have something that represents the complete dissonance within the band at this point, especially as you're flying to your conclusion? Make it the cycle. Give this one a buy. <laughs> Darkness into this. Yes. There's definitely a dark patch in this playlist. I, yes. I feel like I was listening to a, a, a movie trailer of Mark announcing this buy. You must. This one has hit for the cycle. Buy, love, terminate, and flush. And of course I'm the buy on it, but it fits within my story. <laughs> I suppose it does. All right. Stu, Stewie's contribution, Miss Credenco, Chris. I feel kind of bad because I don't hate this song, but I kind of kept Mother around uh, and I have to flush <laughs> something. So I guess I reluctantly have to push this into the bowl because uh, <laughs> there is no way in hell I can do that on, yeah, on what we're coming up to now <laughs> next. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have to agree on this one. As, as much as I like Andy's uh, jazzy guitar solo there, I don't hate yeah. the, the song. It's like it's it, it's nothing I something I would really go back to, but I wasn't offended. It's nothing I would really skip. But, you know, i got to play by the rules, and it is it's a weaker link for me. So, sorry, Stu. Also, go, going down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Alex just wants his Sting solo record. Hey, I love Stu. I love them all. But... Kev? Apologies to Miss Gredenko. Vicious. Mark. Just the lightest of squeezes. Okay. Just a wait, poke. Wait, 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 wait. Just okay, can, 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 we, can we stop it here? Because I'm looking at the back half, and you haven't used your T yet, have so you? So what? So, and you yeah, haven't I'm used aware of that. a flush. I'm aware of that. I wrote the rules. I'm aware of them. Uh, <laughs> Did I not? Okay. I, okay. I'm no, going that, to just that's, a, that's all right. I'm one. just setting. I'm setting up the audience. Pretty, pretty strong side. Keep me here, Mark. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, I have right. to keep Miss Gredenko around. I feel bad for her. She just got unceremoniously <laughs> double flushed and then terminated. 
It's really not. It's it's two minutes. How can it be that offensive? Yeah, so we're gonna keep that around. But something something next is gonna get. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Can only imagine. What's gonna get Miss Gradenko over what? Over what? Here we this, go. Gonna, over what song? This, this has to be a part of the movement of synchronicity. This has Ugh. to. Mother is too weird, and Miss Credento has got to bring it back just a it's little bit. It's your fault so you, you bought get, Mother. You That's bought your it. fault. It's still around. I was fine. It's a part of a different context. Well, you should have thought of that when you're going to have to tee up something. Yeah, she's got to bring it back to you. Like she's got to bring <laughs> synchronicity back. I it's two minutes. It's funky. Like it's an, it's it's not no great song, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Who I am got, I fooling? And I, I don't hate the song either. I just it's no, I, I don't either. But I'm just wondering where the T is going to yeah. be unleashed. You'll find yeah. out. You'll find out. I will. Out. Process of I will. elimination. Yeah. Just, just wait. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if this, <laughs> if side two you can be uh, objectively negative. On, so it'll be interesting. To, uh, Everybody's breaking out the baseball bats already yeah. before we even get there. <laughs> All right, well, before we get to that, we do need to close out side one, and that's going to be with Synchronicity 2, Chris. Uh, yeah, ring up my first buy. Yeah, this is just a, a monster, yeah. Yeah, with a monster in it, yeah. I, I, yeah will, I, I will back that. I was hoping I had two buys. This would have been the second buy, but since it comes first in the track listing before the other one, it's getting the first buy tonight, ringing it up. Kev. I feel better about YouTube buying it. It was on my list for us, the second buy, so I'm just going to give it a very, very strong love. And Mark? Uh, I'm stuck. I'm writing this film in real time. It really has to go over every breath you take in terms of my... As much as every breath you take is the song for me, the police song, the timeless nostalgia bottled up in four minutes... Synchronicity 2 embodies everything the police was working towards to this point. It is like if they ended here, as my film will end here, they reached their goal. It's as I've been taught, I've been leading up to this with the mechanical watch movement and the different pieces moving at different paces and all working together. This is when it finally comes to fruition. So with that, that closes out my buys for the police. I am buying this one. Ring me up. Nice explanation. All right, let's flip the record over and put on the mammoth hit at every breath you take, Chris. Yeah, that's an enormous love. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't want to be too predictable and buy it, but uh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, just listen to what we spent, what, 15 minutes on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go back and rewind if you want to hear that song again. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, enormous love. Yeah. I have to agree, and, and it hasn't obviously reached a level where I uh, I don't need to hear it again. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I pay more attention to the other songs because I have heard it so much. But just watching that music video, I still got those feelings of it. You know, the the endorphins kicking in or whatever it is. So still super solid. Gets a big love for me. Jeff. Oh, I'm really debating, really debating on what to do here. Uh, I want to use my buy on one of two tracks. I'm going to do it on this one. I think it just needs yes. to be on somebody's buy list. That's fair. Thank you. And Mark. Because yes. I really feel bad not buying this. Like, I, I feel sorry yeah. for the song. Like, how could I walk away from this one? But I am. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It is, it's, it is just such pop perfection that. You don't yeah. want to be too predictable. Like, come on. <laughs> Everyone's heard it. I yeah. give it a love. What else can I add? Yeah. All right. Track eight, King of Pain. 
Chris. Uh, another huge uh, love for me. Yeah. And again, if, just going through the discussion and really digging into it, I do appreciate the content a lot more. Yep. But yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a huge love as well. And, and I would even say this is probably my biggest stock on the rise. Yes, it's a single. Yes, I knew about it, but I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I forgot how good it was and how great it sounded this last week revisiting it. So huge love for me. Gaff. Yeah, same here. I was debating on buying this one, but uh, held off. So huge love. And Mark. Well, I'm surprised nobody did. Um, this to me is probably the... What, I don't know why it's just a little bit more forgettable than the other songs around it, but that doesn't take away anything from it as an individual track. Uh, I love it. Yep. Okay. All right. Track nine. Chris, wrap around your finger. Uh, my enormous second buy. Yeah, this is. Uh, um, oh, it's getting rung up here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah really uh, is. Just, yeah, just yeah. let's skip to the finish line here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so we're just pulling out the. Uh, but yeah, this. Um, it's funny because I said uh, that this song was kind of mystical, which is actually true. That was actually going to be one of my trivia questions, but I wanted to put it here that um, it actually has to do with uh, uh, yeah, pretty much the metaphysical uh, with somebody uh, kind of s- learning the powers of their master and then using it against them uh, and kind of becoming. The biggest, the master in themselves. Yeah, it's very because again, it sounds like a like a like a, like every breath you take, it sounds like a love song. It sounds like wrapped around your finger. You think that's like, okay, you've got somebody just wrapped in your sure, heart like or a, whatever. A or a wedding yeah, but ring. no, this actually has to do with an apprentice taking on the master, which I thought was a weird. <laughs> like okay, that's mm-hmm. that's some good uh, that's some good uh, kind of cryptic songwriting there. Yeah. All right, and oh well, I mean everybody knows where I'm going with this one. Favorite, probably <laughs> favorite police song of all time. Got to put it on the playlist and show people. Buy it up, Kev. Chris, thank you for the generosity tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and Mark, and just a big love from me. Uh, I know you're all waiting for the tea to drop. <laughs> Not gonna uh, be on this one. Well, is so, the tea gonna drop on the tea? God, well, I, wish I, 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 I wish. have to, I have to say, closing the album with wrapped around your finger, it's emotional. Yeah, it's emotional. Yeah, I see where yeah. he's getting at here. Track God, 10, I, TNC, I, I, I wish I should have doled out two terminates just to make it really difficult. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't feel that malicious tonight. Yeah, yeah. Chris, well, what do you give that? Have some mercy. What yeah. are you giving him uh, the tea? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a love. I think it's 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 a nice way to bring down like just the. Again, because I mean, if you would have packed it with another like synchronicity or, or wrapped around your finger, I think you would have caused cardiac arrest. I think you needed something to bring the uh, yeah the heart rate down to back to one twenty over eighty again. So, and I think this does that <laughs> perfectly. Uh, sure. Yeah, I will agree with that. As as great as ending the album with wrapped around your finger would be, I think there's some worth here, and it's uh, the solid song. And and again, it. It, 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 yeah, like you said, it kind of has that Miami viceness to it. It's dark and like it like, like like the beach walk and wrapped around your, your finger. It's almost maybe a little, little bit more so here. So, um, yeah, I'll give it a love, Kev. Yeah, it, it feels like a nice. I I hate to say like a quiet ending to an album. It, it is, but it's it's, it's but it, it is just kind of lets you breathe and then release. Right. So big love for me and Mark. And I agree with all that. Um, and it's maybe a bit tainted by my originally thinking that Murder My Numbers was the closer. And this is just mm-hmm. like this weird slow piece yeah. before this closer. I can that see that. That's feel how like I felt. Closer. So I wasn't very much a fan of this song. And then once I hit that synchronicity uh, to possibly being placed before it, I definitely would not have. I would probably, I would have loved this. 
for that reason. Uh, I teen this up uh, because I feel like wrapped around your finger would have been a beautiful ending. And also that it would have, I don't know, gone back in time and teed off Sting thinking that he could do a, well, what mm-hmm. turned out to be a very successful solo career and given us just one more album. And this mm-hmm. is the song where it, it, you know, like, okay, so Andy does some cool stuff with his guitar here that he's proud of. But Stuart, what does he do in this song? He's just yeah, there he's to just keep that. He's just there, and that's yeah. sad. And, like, and I have to terminate that because the band functions best as a three-piece. This, and a walking in your footsteps, I flushed that one, wasn't really too much of a, a Stuart song too. So um, I'm not a huge fan of Stuart, made it sound like it because I bought his song and I'm terminating this one that he's not even on. But uh, yeah, got to line up the T for this one and uh, uh, wish that they would have made just one more album, squeezed out a 1985 record despite the tension and see what that would have uh, added to the musical landscape. I, so, I mean, they, it up. They, they, I think that's fair. And they still played together all the way till 86, you know, before reuniting in the 2000s. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, why they didn't at least try another record. So, yeah. Maybe they did. It just never made it. Just, just in the but can and just maybe, whatever. Maybe, yeah. They had to have something. But it uh, seemed like they all went their separate ways as we are now going with the police. So, if you have enjoyed that and would like to listen track by track, then go back and listen to the rest of the police albums, uh, our, our police shows. And if you'd like to hear more, uh, we have not revealed yet who are we, uh, what we are doing. Uh, I'm going to take some time to think about it and uh, gather some evidence as to what that should be. But we've got a lot of options. We've thrown out the Scorpions. We've thrown out um, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper. Uh, maybe we'll you know, stay away from the 70s and do something a little bit more modern. We've got, you know, we've got like Dream Theater we could do or, you know, we could go to something even more modern to 2000s, do something that's shorter. We can do Guns and Roses. Um, you know, we got a lot of options. We got a lot of things that we could uh, potentially, a lot of paths we could go down. So stick around for when we announce that because uh, it's going to possibly you know, do something a little different with the show and uh, hopefully it could keep uh, your interest uh, with this. So we thank you for listening to The Police. Uh, it's been a fun journey over these last five weeks, these last five albums. And we will see ne- you next time uh, in between then and now with a little special album. A little special show. I don't know if it's going to be an album or a show, but uh, Kevin will be deciding. And I hope to see you for our little intermission before we tackle on the next discography of some of the greatest of all time. See you then.